1: Welcome to
2: Thursday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, brought to you by the new X-Series of Scratch Offs in the New York Lottery. Now you can multiply your winnings up to 200 times. Please play responsibly. John Schmelk, Lance Meadow, Paul Dottino with you. The phone number will be taking plenty of your calls today after our open is 973-667-1960, 973-667-1960. Today we continue our positional series talking about the tight end position on the Giants roster in free agency and in the draft. We also have some breaking news today with the Adam Schefter reporting that Carson Wentz is being traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. But first, I want to remind you that Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. you can find the archive of this program and all of our podcasts at Giants.com slash podcast on the Giants mobile app and on all your favorite podcast platforms. Paul Lenz, good afternoon. How are you? And We have to start with the news that broke, I think, about five minutes before our show started. The Philadelphia Eagles, it was much rumored, and now it has happened. They have traded Carson Wentz to the Indianapolis Colts for a third-round pick this year, and then either a second or first-round pick next year that is conditional upon the fact if he plays over 70% of the snaps, for the Colts this season and the Colts make the playoffs, So it can either be a two or a three or a one and a three. We know the Colts with Phillip Rivers retiring. We're going to be in the market for a new quarterback. We'll we'll touch on how this impacts the Eagles in a second because they're in the Giants' division. But overall, I think all of us thought that talk that they were going to get a Matthew Stafford-type package for Carson Wentz was just not going to happen. Uh, he's got a big contract. According to Jason OTC over at Over the Cap, the Eagles are taking on $33 million of Ted money in this trade. Uh, he has a very complicated contract, Carson Wentz, so it's hard for me to really sort through it. But... Overall, I think it's a trade that makes sense for both teams. If Wentz rebounds and plays well, they get a 1 and a 3 for him. If he doesn't, the Colts only give up a 2 on a 3, but they're still on the hook for a decent amount of money. Paul, let's start with you. Your thoughts on the trade overall.
1: Well, I think it's a good deal for both teams, and to be honest with you, I've always been a Carson Wentz fan, so let me make that very clear. For those of you who haven't necessarily heard me talk about him when he was coming out of college, I thought he was going to turn out a lot better than Goff would with the Rams. Yeah, I agree with you. And, you know, I'm sorry, it just hasn't turned out that way because of injuries more than anything else and potentially some coaching philosophical differences with the Eagles staff. No, Paul, I would say I think Wentz's peak play has
2: been better than Goff's peak play.
1: Yeah, but he didn't sustain it nope. long enough, No, 100%. John, 100% you know. I agree his, that. His downside at the moment, you'd have to say his floor was lower than Goff's. I
2: think that's 100% fair.
1: So, you know, I'm, I'm a bit disappointed from that angle. As a Giants, uh, uh, you know, announcer, uh, <laughs> hey, I'd like to see every Eagles draft pick be a bust. <laughs> but, but you know, that's not going to happen. So, uh, but I do think that the, the Colts between the Reich connection in Indianapolis and the fact that Wentz still has, in my opinion, regardless of the injuries that he's fought through, a skill set that says to me he can succeed and win games in this league – I think they did themselves well by getting a guy who certainly on the upside could be the answer to their problems, and they didn't exactly overpay for him. I think it's it's a very reasonable price. The biggest question, and I said this to you right before we went on the air, This just totally turns over the apple cart in terms of what's Philadelphia going to do with quarterback, because I think there were still some people who thought maybe this whole thing about Wentz was a bluff, that maybe he would wind up staying there. Well, that's no longer the case, and I just don't see them sticking with what they've got. I truly believe there's going to be somebody else starting at quarterback who is not on their roster when we open the season in the fall.
3: Well, it's possible they could pursue a veteran. I mean, Nick Sirianni has been around the NFL for quite some time. So, I mean, they could bring in a veteran. They pick high enough. They could draft somebody. I don't think it's a finished product. I would agree with you. And Jalen Hurts, though, was taken in the second round. So, you know how the front office feels about him. But that doesn't mean the new coaching staff feels the same way. So, I think they'll have some options for a competition. Could be three guys. Could be a rookie could be hurts and it could be a veteran would not be surprised if they go down that road I like the trade for Indianapolis at least more so than Philadelphia at this point because I think if you don't have to give up a first round pick and it's based on conditions and the other condition is if Wentz plays over 75 percent of the snaps so I mean that's possible but given his injury track record I'm sure Indianapolis wanted that protection in there And he only had, to me, one bad season, and that was this past year. I think other than that, Carson Wentz has been more than suitable as a starting quarterback in this league. He played his best football with Frank Reich, who was his offensive coordinator in 16 and 17, so they're reuniting. He's got a good offensive line that he's going to play behind. They got a running game with Jonathan Taylor, who had a nice rookie year, and they got a good defense. So, I mean, to me, I look at the environment. I think Carson Wentz, you got to be ecstatic. You're going to an environment where you got good protection, you got some weapons around you, familiarity with the offense. I mean, this could be exactly what he needs to help get back to that 2019 level of play so overall i think it's a really good move for the indianapolis colts
2: here's a question for you guys on the eagle side of things they've been kind of up against the cap for years now where they've been you know basically a few thousand not millions like thousands of dollars under the <laughs> cap each year yes and they keep pushing money down the road is there a chance here paul that you think the Eagles use this year as a cleanup year? Where they say, look, to Lance's point, they use the second-round draft pick on Jalen Hurts, right? Let's see what he can do. And if he's bad, he's bad. If he's not, great. You know, we'll take some guys that are maybe on the tail end of their contracts that we don't think have much left in the tank, and maybe we'll cut them this year. We'll take some more dead money on. And if maybe this year we're not winning the division or, or challenging for, for double-digit wins, we'll accept that. Just for a year so that we can kind of clean up the cap a little bit long term and then move ahead. Do you think, and look, we know the Eagles with, with Howie Rose and how they work, they think that way about things. Mm-hmm. Do you think they could use this year that way to try to clean up some of their salary cap issues and kind of make it a franchise reset year? You can be patient. You have a new coach. You know you're going to be with them for a while. Do you think there's a chance they go down that road?
1: Well, I think the only way they do that, John, is if they decide that they're going to take a young quarterback who is then going to compete over the course of the next year or two with what they have now uh, with Hurts. Because, see, to me, they made the cho- the coaching change, right? So a lot of people will automatically say, well, knee-jerk reaction. You change coaches, this is a great time to turn the page on your roster, turn the page on your franchise quarterback, and let's just give him a mulligan for the first year anyway, and we'll worry about, you know, really starting to get the team on track in year two of his tenure. There's certainly logic in suggesting that. The other way to go, though, is, hey, you know what? Uh, we still think that we could be competitive because the NFC East, while it's you expect it to improve, it's not gangbusters no, right now. 100%. There's no great, you know, lock stock favorite to win this division. So if you want to go, you know, and draft a young guy and go that way, that's one way. The other way, of course, is, hey, you know what? Let's just go get a named veteran because there's going to be a bunch of guys riding that quarterback carousel. Let's go get get somebody who's going to give us a chance to do it now. I'm inclined to think they probably get the veteran and try to compete and win the division this year and and not turn the page on everything quite yet.
2: How would you define veteran? You're talking Tyrod Taylor? You're talking somebody better than that? Somebody better
1: than that. Okay. And I know it's going to be hard for them to do it, but it may have to be through a trade. It may not even be through free agency where you have a cost uncertainty because you have no idea what the prices are going to be for some of these guys. It may wind up being a trade. But, you know, look, I, I can only say this, John. It's hard for me to believe that the Eagles are going to go the first way that I explained—throw in the towel and draft a young guy and say, "Okay, we're going to let him compete with Hurts for a year or two, and then and then try to build again." Well, I Paul, just, I guess I can't
2: m- see it. My point is that if they go that way, though, and, and Lance, I'm sorry, I don't I don't mean to lock you out of this conversation, but to me, if they go that way, you don't have to draft a quarterback this year because you're probably going to be bad. And then you know where you're drafting next year, right near the top of the draft. Depends though what they think of that quarterback class. That is that is which is not supposed to be good. That is also a good point. No question about it.
1: That's the problem. I think I think if if they where they are now, they can get a guy who they believe. You know, maybe can compete with Hurts in the first year, but in all honesty, say, well, you know what, we're willing to lose games with Hurts. Maybe by the middle of the year, we'll turn the page to the young first-round pick that we take at the quarterback position. I could see that scenario.
3: I think a lot depends on also, you know, what happens around the quarterback, too. Let's not forget about that. I think... When you look at the Eagles roster right now, they weren't lacking weapons other than, to me, at wide receiver. And part of that was because just a lot of guys got hurt at that position. So if Nick Sirianni, when he comes in and they evaluate the roster and he says, "Okay, well, we're going to get this group of receivers back, which should help our quarterback. We're going to get some offensive linemen back. Remember, that was a position where they were hit massively by injuries. There's nothing crazy to say that a young quarterback could come in and be competitive. So, you know, I always find the rebuilding term interesting in the NFL. I think the way the rosters turn over, I don't think there is anything such as rebuilding in the NFL. I would call it fine-tuning, tweaking, however you want to phrase it. Because there's so much that happens within a season. There's so much what happens within an off season. that if Nick Sirianni's offensive scheme is comfortable for whoever they give the starting job to, I don't think it's crazy to think that the Eagles could be competitive and be in the mix next year. Especially with, at least right now, it doesn't appear like there's a juggernaut in this division.
2: Now, I don't want to make this about the Eagles roster, but I think they're weapons outside. I mean, I don't think we know what they have at this point, right? They have a bunch of young guys, but Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, do they have much left in the tank? Zach Ertz is probably going to leave via free agency. Yeah. I don't think they have weapons there. I think they have the worst set of weapons in the whole division, to be yeah. honest with you. I
1: don't think they're stocked very well at all.
3: Well, I think, once again, it depends on what they do in free agency, who they bring back. I mean, to me, my biggest issue with the Eagles this past year is Carson Wentz didn't have a consistent group of guys around him game in and game out. Yeah, Jalen Rager, for example, who they drafted high, he missed the bulk of the season. He was hurt. And then even the running backs, Miles Sanders missed some time. So you really had a revolving door. I think if there is some continuity there, the Eagles, to me, can be a productive offense. And Nick Sirianni's been with a lot of successful offenses where he hasn't necessarily had star players. So I'm once again, I'm looking more at that and what he's been able to do throughout his career as opposed to, you know, right now what the Eagles roster looks like.
2: We have a caller on hold, folks. So if you're trying to get in and it's busy, just keep trying. We'll eventually get you in. Giant fans, I want to remind you that limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, presales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888 NYG 1925 or visit giants.com/tickets for more information. All right, guys, we're going to do tight ends today, and really, last year for the Giants, it really was maybe the most consistent position. Evan Ingram, Caden Smith, and Levine Toilola were basically there for every single game. Did Caden Smith miss one game because of COVID protocols in the middle of the year? Does that sound right? Or did he end up playing that game? I don't even remember. I'd have, have to look at his total
3: games played. I think but, he wound up missing that game. But yeah, he e- missed it. even yeah. so,
2: they have those three guys that were basically there the whole year. Um, you have Nikia Griffin-Stewart, who was added on the uh, Futures Reserve list. Ryzen John, who's kind of a... Flex wide receiver, big tight, small tight end type guy who's came over from Canada. He's on the reserve future list. And then Nate Weeding, or Whiting, I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it, was a rookie out of Iowa last year. So that's why they sit tight end wise. The important note here is that Evan Ingram is entering the fifth year option of his rookie deal. So they will have to make a decision on him at some point. That is not a guaranteed amount of money on that final year of his deal. So that's where the Giants stand right now in terms of their contracts and tight end position. So I think for this year, guys, if they don't really want to add anybody, I think they can be pretty much set at the spot if they want to. But you might want to start preparing for whatever you plan on doing once Evan Ingram hits free agency.
3: Well, Well, they have no scheduled free agents at this position. right? So it's very simple to just... Hit the button and say, hey, everybody come back and we'll go from there, especially since, you know, everybody's been within Jason Garrett's offense for at least one year. Some of them have been tied in maybe perhaps previously. So I don't think there's any issue in terms of them bringing back this group and then maybe adding somebody in the draft. If they're thinking, to your point, John, beyond Evan Ingram, and if Evan Ingram is not in their long-term plans, then you at least should start to think about maybe what you want to do in 2022. I don't think that's a stretch at all. Or by the way,
2: Lance, maybe Ingram's in their long-term plans. Who knows? He
3: is, perhaps. And that means that maybe they don't have to worry about drafting a guy because Evan Ingram is still very young. But the point is, I don't think they need to make a splash at this position in free agency. I think when you evaluate what they have on the roster, yeah, they may not have the all-around tight end, the guy that could do everything, the Swiss Army knife, but I think from the group alone – As individuals, they have somebody that could block, they have somebody that could run routes, they could have somebody that's an athlete. And you could get what you need out of the cluster of individuals as opposed to maybe one.
2: Yeah, and Paul, once they went to that straight ahead running game, I thought both Caden Smith and Levine Toilolo were very effective blockers when they went multiple tight ends.
1: Yeah, they did better. There's no doubt about that. I would totally agree. But, you know, the, the thing about this for me, John, <clears throat> excuse me, it's not just about the tight end spot. If you if you wanted to isolate it, I'll say this. I see, in all honesty, I see Evan Ingram playing out this year, and I don't expect him to be re-signed. Uh, I think his injury history, and I, I, I think that's an issue. I think the fact that he's never fully reached his potential and now he's going to his fifth season in the league, I would suspect – that he's going to play here they'll they'll get whatever they can out of him and i hope he has a terrific season he's a terrific guy but i don't see him necessarily being long term here
2: i think Paul is going for the reverse jinx here and ingram's going to come out and and finally have that jeff feagles 89 catch
1: 1100 yard season and then he's here for the next 10 years there you go Latino
2: with the reverse jinx i like
1: we'll it we'll take it <laughs> we'll take it i look i'm i'm just i'm just saying right now if i if i gave you my gut feeling I think he, he winds up playing out his contract and they go elsewhere. Now, Okay, so why, Paul,
2: I guess my question for you then is how do you prepare for that then?
1: Well, that that's why for me, uh, I am considering tight end in the first three rounds of this draft as a potential because I love the value of, of the first three, even the four rounds of tight ends in this draft. It's probably the best tight end draft that we've seen in a long time, at least that I can recall. And I think if you're the Giants and you know that with the economics, as we move forward with the cap, it's going to be really tough to re-sign, especially if Ingram has a good year, to re-sign him at the appropriate number that he's going to need. So to me, yeah, you start looking for one now because there's a lot of guys to choose from. And the good news is they have skill sets that allow them to be all-around guys you got the blockers, you got the receivers, but at the top of this tight end class, you have a whole handful of guys who do both. Well, talk to me. Who do you like? Well, let's go right through the list. I won't go through each of the traits on all the guys, but I'll go backwards. We had Trey McKinty mentioned the other day by a caller on the phone. We saw what he did at the Senior Bowl. Certainly has a lot of potential. I understand his production wasn't necessarily there for a variety of reasons, but I think he certainly is going to be a quality NFL tight end. I love Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame. I
2: knew you would love him.
1: Oh, does he block? Oh, does he block? (laughs) Get in my face and I'm going to bowl you over, baby. This guy could be a pro wrestler. Some people call him throwback Tommy. Other people call him baby Gronk. Is it any wonder that I would absolutely love this guy?
2: He's a, his dad was also a safety in the NFL, if I remember right.
1: Correct, Paul? Uh, he was uh, with Dallas and Philadelphia. Greg Trimble, yes, uh, back in the nineties. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely a Tommy Trimble guy. Would have no idiot. The Giants get any one of these tight ends. I think it's a plus. Yeah, to me, this is this
2: is a, a class that's full of guys that Tina would like. You don't have a lot of those. Besides Kyle Pitts, who obviously, is, a, and we could talk about him a little bit at the end of this, obviously. I know a lot of Giant fans are excited about him. We talked about him on yesterday's show, too, because Jeff can't go more than 10 minutes without mentioning Kyle Pitts. He just loves him so
1: much. I understand. No, I
2: understand it, too. But then you have Pat Friermouth out of right. um, uh, Penn, Penn State. State. He does yeah. a little bit of both, too. Uh, Brevin Jordan's more of that flex tight end guy out of Miami. Hunter Long is kind of a do-it-all guy out well, of that's, Boston that, College. That's where my
1: list stops, John. Now, now we've just gone through, that's the six names. At tight end. That's what I, I would be,
2: to, That was where my list ended too, Paul. That's those funny. are my guys.
1: <laughs> the Giants get any one of those tight ends. I think they're going to be very happy because I think those guys can all contribute immediately. And I also believe that any one of those guys could be a tight end one in 2022.
2: You know, Lance, it's funny. If you go back to when Jason Garrett was in Dallas, right? And I hate to, to do this because you don't really know how much it was him how much it was the front office how much it was the offensive coordinators he had there over the last six seven years of his time there when he wasn't calling plays but he had Jason Wynn, who was obviously the you know not a super athlete but a guy that did a little bit of everything type of tight end but then they even had a Blake Jarwin who was more of a flex tight end Martellus Bennett did a little bit of everything so I wonder what type of tight end Garrett will be looking at the one thing I think we do know is that he does want his tight ends to be able to block.
3: Well, especially based on what they did in that Seattle game, and they... Change things up, and they said, hey, we're just going to pound the football. Well, the tight ends played a big role in that game. So, yeah, I think he likes big bodies that he can use as complementary offensive linemen. And, by the way, it wasn't just Blake Jarwin and Jason Witten. I mean, even in between, Martellus Bennett is somebody I referenced, I believe, on yesterday's show. Gavin Escobar is another guy who's contributed over the years to the Cowboys. We always get consumed with Jason Witten, but they've done a really good job using the second tight end on the depth chart to get something out of him. Not to say that... The player is going to put up monster numbers, but you could put him in. He could catch some touchdowns. He could help with the blocking. So you could tell Garrett doesn't just like to rely on one guy. He likes to mix and match. And that's why if the Giants do want to develop another young tight end, I think it absolutely makes sense because I don't think Garrett looks at this offense and says Evan Ingram has to do everything. I think based on what happened last season, there were times where they were like, Evan, you run out, you be the wide receiver as tight end, we'll have other guys do the dirty work inside. And I think Garrett's perfectly fine doing that all over again come this season. The question is, can they find somebody In the draft that maybe has a little bit more versatility, which I think they can, that down the road, maybe they don't have to worry about mixing and matching. They could have one guy that does it all. And I think that if they want to go in the draft, that makes a lot of sense. I don't see a lot of game changers in free agency at the tight end position. I think if you really want a guy, you're going to have to spend money and the Giants are in no position to do that.
2: Hey, Giant fans, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com suites for more information. Finally, guys, just because this is part of our position series, we should talk a little bit about the tight ends that are going to be in the free agency class this year. It isn't a spectacular group by any means. Hunter Henry is easily the best of the group. Uh, He's going to cost a pretty penny. He's a guy that does block. He does catch. He has had some injury issues over the course of his career, which you have to keep an eye on, but a very good player. Johnu Smith. Gerald Everett is someone that's shared time with Tyler Higbee in L.A., but a very good athlete. I wonder if the Rams might try to figure out a way to bring him back. Gronk is a free agent. I think everyone would be shocked if he's not back in Tampa Bay. Uh, Jared Cook is now in his mid-30s. We'll see where he winds up. Then you have the Anthony or Trey Burton, and a lot of people like Dan Arnold. He had a nice little year in Arizona. He's a free agent as well. But nobody really on this free agent list. To me, guys, that really jumps out. The Giants have their three guys under contract. I don't think they need to go out into free agency and bring in another veteran.
1: Yeah, I would agree with you there, John. If they decide that they just want to sit pat for a year and put the whole tight end thing on hold, I would understand it. To me, Pitts, Firemuth, and Jordan are probably not just the top three tight ends in this class, but the top three guys who can make an immediate impact and help this offense become more explosive from week one of this regular season coming up. Do you really think Firemouth will make him explosive? I think I, he's a good I player. I don't think
2: he's a big play down the field guy though.
1: Uh I, I think I think what I like about him is that he has a deceptive burst. I see him being extremely physical at the point of attack, which could be very, very big in the run game. Okay, that's fair. And he could spring guys. I mean I could see him run Barkley running behind him almost like an extra lineman. And, and, break, and forcing the Giants to wind up with a bunch of 10- and 12-yard runs. So, yeah, I do think he can – he's that good. And Trimble's a hell of a blocker too, but obviously he's not Friermuth in terms of an all-around package. He's not quite there, although I think Trimble may be the best blocking tight end strictly in that one category of anybody in this draft. I do think that Friermuth is enough of an all-around guy with that extra blocking dynamic – that he can have an immediate impact. Lance, your
2: thought on the tight end free
1: Agent. Well, class. just keep in mind,
3: yeah. Friar Muth, by the way, is coming off a season-ending injury, which required surgery. Uh, Penn State didn't really reveal much on that front. That's just something that any team that is looking at him, I think obviously you want to make sure that there's no long-term issues The at all shoulder. With respect to that.
1: That's what it was, okay, because I know Penn State was it very was a secretive shoulder. It was in a terms shoulder. of what it was. So, it was a shoulder. Yeah, I, but, and again, does that... Does that impact his ability to block? It certainly could if yeah. it doesn't heal properly or if he doesn't get him uh, get his power back.
3: So, you know, that's one thing that I think you want to take note of, especially if you're drafting a young guy. Now, granted, listen, even if you have some concerns, maybe from the Giants' perspective, because of what you already have on the roster and you're not looking at him to make that difference though i think the giants obviously want another offensive playmaker maybe you feel a little bit more flexibility where you bring him in you let him rehab you let him get back to 100 percent and then if you move on from evan ingram he's the guy that takes over in 2022 it's possible McKitty to me is probably the most intriguing one i think i emphasized this earlier in the week i like guys that sometimes don't hit their ceiling in college because if a good offensive coordinator can get a hand on him and really find ways to utilize him, I think that there's definitely intrigue surrounding him. He's got good size. I think that this is a player that would fit very nicely into the Giants' system. And then as far as the free agents are concerned, as I noted and as John went through the list, I don't think there's a a big difference maker. But if the Giants don't love the draft class and they want to go – into free agency. I think it makes a lot more sense to maybe take a flyer on somebody that's young that, once again, didn't fully blossom with their previous team. You threw out Dan Arnold. I think he has some intrigue connected to him based on what he did in Arizona because he wasn't necessarily utilized a lot but showed some flashes. And then another guy that I would throw out is Steven Carlson. Cleveland Browns have had a lot of tight ends. He's a young guy too, 25 years old, big frame he'd be also somebody. Hey, you don't have to open up the piggy bank. Maybe you go down that road. Those would be the type of tight end free agents I would target, much more so than, you know, thinking about going for the home run.
1: I think the other item to keep in mind, fellas, and that is that whole Charles Barkley, uh, uh, Charles Barkley, Saquon Barkley effect. I was gonna say, is that, Charles, yeah, going to say, Sir Charles. Yeah, I know, on? I know. I was like, I'm he's a commenting little tired on to tight you. ends? I didn't realize that. Well, he's a big enough guy. He could probably have done it. Oh, my God, perfect tight end. What are you kidding <laughs> um, No, but what I mean is is if, if it, look, Pitts is the, is the elite guy in this class. We all agree. He He's the elite guy. It's unanimous that this guy is, he's the can't-miss blue chipper who does, including his blocking. His blocking's good. He's not like, elite, but his blocking is good. He can absolutely play in line. But the thing about it is, he's a weapon. See, he's not a tight end. If you draft Pitts at 11, you're drafting him to be a weapon, much like Barkley was a weapon, not a running back. Pitts is not a tight end. He is a weapon. Well, there are some teams
3: that I think are going to view him as a wide receiver. They may not even view him as a tight end. No, nah, no, no. It's Nobody possible. I, mean, I would you, doubt when it. When you look at what he could do, it would not surprise me if a team says, hey, he's our big wide receiver, no, and but we're does, going to use him like He that.
2: doesn't have the speed to run past cornerbacks. Yeah, so. I would I would doubt it. I think, look, he'll play some snaps outside, I'm sure. Sure, that's fine, yeah. But that's
1: not his position.
2: Right, the whole reason you draft a guy like that is because he's a
3: matchup problem.
2: And if he's lining up against cornerbacks, it's it's the same conversation you have that Ed Ingram on the wide receiver
1: for all these years. You diminish his value. What
3: what I'm basically saying is, let me clarify. What I'm saying is I think you could line him up in a variety of places to get those mismatches. So I'm not telling that you're going to put him on a corner every time, but if you go back and you look at the SEC, not many guys could defend him. Across the SEC, which is arguably the best conference – Across the college landscape, not many teams had individuals, no matter what the position was, where they could go mano a mano against Kyle Pitts and say, Hey, we feel like we actually contained him
1: today. Hence the word weapon, because I actually believe that when he gets to the NFL, you will see him play some snaps in line, you will see him play some snaps in the slot, you will see him play some snaps on the boundary, and you will probably also see him occasionally be the move tight end or an H-back. I think he's that good. He can play any of those positions in different sets and different series during the game.
2: So Paul, I asked this question, and this is before we get to the calls, we'll get to you in a second. I asked this question to Lance and Jeff yesterday, so now I'll ask it to you. If I made you rank Pitts among the other top three wide receivers, put all four guys into one group, how do you rank them one through four?
1: Pitts is my number one. He's I'd ahead rather, of Jamar I, Chase, huh? I, I would I would take I would take Pitts, Chase number two. Prob- if Waddle's medical was clean, I would put Waddle um, probably ahead of uh, ahead of uh, Devonte Smith because I'm I'm just worried about Devontae Smith being able to hold up. Okay. I really am.
2: No, look. I think there's an easy argument to be made for Smith and Waddle. Uh, what I said yesterday, I think Smith. I prefer maybe for the Giants because I think I see him playing outside a little bit more. I would agree with that. You I didn't ask me that though. No, <laughs> you asked me how I ranked them for the Giants. Yes, how about for the Giants? How about for the that?
1: Giants, they're better off with Smith over Waddle but they're definitely better off with Chase over either of the Alabama guys, and they're best off with Pitts out of any of them. Interesting.
2: All right, see, so I, I think all of us had Pitts second. I'm not sure Lance. You had Pitts third, right, after Smith I said two. that they were
3: interchangeable. That's right. I thought Smith and Pitts, but I would lean towards Smith more so for the Giants.
2: Fair enough. Yeah, and I had and I had almost – me and Filos, I think, had it the same way. I had Chase as my one, Pitts is my two and then i had i had smith and waddle kind of in the same ballpark to be quite honest with you. so that's how i looked at it and that's how i think a lot of teams are going to look at this too and you know unfortunately paul i think because you know the more people see Pitts, I, I'm just not, he's not sure. He's, he's not getting there. I
1: don't think there's he's going to make it. He's not getting there. There's no gonna... doubt.
2: There's no doubt. <laughs> leave it this way. Just think... like
1: when they took the curtain off of Claypool at the combine. I, I knew I was screwed. Oh yeah because, yeah, because no one knew about Kyle Pitts before you wanted him, obviously. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I get, I get it. I get it. I get it. But there's no way Claypool <laughs> no, was going that it. early until the combine. <laughs> His numbers just shot him right up.
2: Right. And I, I guess my point that I was trying to make is that there's a much better chance one of those three wide receivers and I think one of the two Alabama receivers there rather than Pitts. Yeah, I I agree with you.
1: I agree with you a thousand percent. That's probably what's going to happen.
2: And by the way, tomorrow, we're going to go through some of the, we've had a rash of mock drafts come out from some of the big boys, Todd McShay, Kuyper, Jeremiah. Obviously, no one really knows who's going to what team. That's not what I'm looking for right now, but I just want to take a look at who the guys are that are going in the top 10 and how much certainty we think there are in that group so maybe we can start figuring out our tiers of guys in terms of where that first round is going to drop hey giant fans get a new new york giants checking account from investors bank with a giants branded debit card security features and discounts at the giants online shop you can earn up to $250 when you open an account at investorsbank.com/giants member fdic and Giant fans, don't forget, Big Blue Kickoff Five is presented by the new X-Series of Scratch-Offs from the New York Lottery. Now you can multiply your winnings up to 200 times. Please play responsibly. All right, let's go to the phones at 973-667-1960. Caller, you are in the air. What is your name and where are you calling from?
4: Hello there, uh, Joe and PA. There three amigos. What's up, Joe? Oh, what's a much- this is exciting, ain't it, now, getting there? Uh, Paul, you have the craftsmen ready to go there, and um, John, your shovel, is it in there good? <laughs> yeah, by the way,
2: I am going to air a grievance here, so you guys are going to have to bear with me a little bit here. It's going to be, I'm going to bore people, but I don't care. I need to air my grievance. So I woke up this morning, I looked at my phone, and I had a text from daycare, and they said they're closed today. Then I walked downstairs, and I looked outside. And there was an inch of snow on the ground. Seriously, guys? Really? Oh, I know. Maybe four to eight inches. Get out of shovel. Give me a break.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they do the same thing with school. I grew
2: up in New York City. Do you know how many snow days I had in 15 years of going to school in New York City? Three. In 15 years. Four to eight inches? Are you kidding me? Come on, guys. Let's man up here, all right? All
1: right, go ahead, Joe. I'm sorry. I'm worried about it. (laughs) Well, look, I feel bad, too. This is the fourth shovel event of the winter. I told you, my over-under is three, so I'm not happy either.
3: Yeah. I have a crass. What do you like think they do in Red Buffalo, Eagle by Ball. the way, year-round? That's why I don't live in Buffalo. I'm just saying. This is nothing compared to other areas.
4: All right. I don't want you to cut into my snow time, my football time. <laughs> no, here, so. I'm
2: sorry, Joe. Go ahead. I'll give you uh, all the time you this need. Is,
4: this is <laughs> exciting. Starting with Wentz and the Eagles, no tears for me. He's a head case. That's why he's out of there. But maybe I'll straighten him out there in Indianapolis. How was he a head case? Well, ever since he got injured, they think that was the big thing. He was always uh, worried about Foles being the quarterback and taking him to the Super Bowl since then, and he couldn't show up to that. And and all the Eagle fans and stuff like that, when he goes in there and throws an interception, they all go crazy. And now they have the, the young guy in there playing, too. So, you know what I mean? Anything he'd need any move he makes they're all up in arms against him you know Joe, I mean? that so, doesn't
1: make him a head case it yeah, just means he's that it just means, it. it just means that maybe a change of scenery is good because the wallpaper has <laughs> got a lot of mold on it that's all no
4: no tears for me i'm glad cuz he he <laughs> is a good athlete you know what i mean now i hope the eagles take another quarterback at 6 and that spins their head too you know what i mean so because they may, I see they may take this Pitts there. You yeah, know. Joe, I'm
2: I'm terrified. They're they're going to replace Zach Ertz with Kyle Pitts. That that's what I'm afraid of, oh, to be quite honest with you. Well,
4: I I see it there. It's a possibility. I that's why I hope they take a quarterback and that quarterback spins them all too.
1: So, well, uh, Joe, what if they have Pete Lisk at quarterback? You'd be happy with that, wouldn't you?
4: <laughs> well, whatever, I'm looking here. Daniel Jones now. He could be uh, the next uh, senior man in, in the, the NFC East there, because I don't know what Dallas is going to do with their quarterback, and I don't know what uh, uh, Washington's doing there. So, you know what I mean. I hope Daniel gets going straight. And isn't you didn't mention Ernst as a free agent? Isn't he a free agent this year, John?
2: Yeah, well, I think I, I think he's. I don't know if it, technically he's a free agent. He might have something going he has on. An with opt his, out, doesn't yeah, an opt out. Yeah, I think he is an opt out, so he's not technically a free agent right now. But yes, he was most likely going to be a free yeah, agent. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. No.
4: No tears for me here. You know what I mean? Like, I said we have a lot of our own questions here. Uh, now, this is for me. This is a real big. Year for Barkley because if he he has to show up and be available and play or you know what I mean uh, next year there's a big contract there for him you know that is one. Well, they still practice. have the
3: fifth year option with Saquon. Uh, so. Okay, uh, uh,
4: okay, that's great. then. and then it's a big question with Daniel. I hope he keeps in, in improving there. You, you know, on on our receivers and stuff like that. Now uh, you were talking about the receivers and question marks and that in the draft and that. The two Alabama, if it comes to the two Alabama receivers and uh, the um, uh, rusher there from, uh, what was his name, John? You know it. out of Miami you're talking yeah, about?
1: Yeah, uh, Gregory big, Russo? yeah. Gregory Rousseau?
4: Yeah, because he didn't play. Which is the biggest question mark? Him or, or the two Alabama receivers there?
1: I think
2: Rousseau requires a lot more projection than the two Alabama wide receivers. I actually watched Rousseau this morning. Um, I'm doing an interview with uh, Mike Renner, uh, the uh, draft guy over at PFF. Uh, that's going to be on the Giants' huddle airing, I think, tomorrow morning. And I watched Rousseau this morning, and he is, for a guy that had 15.5 sacks, he's still very raw, in my opinion. He's big and he's long. I don't see a burst and I just think he's got a, he's got he got a lot of his pressure and sacks rushing inside which you know that's not going to be where he's lined up in the NFL. So I struggled a little bit with this tape today. I would not I think there's too much projection for me to take him at number 11 after watching him this morning.
4: You take the two receivers in that. I Alabama would, I think, yes. Over him. Yes. Okay. I was just wondering like that, because I said that's that's really going to be a big question when it comes to the Giants there. You know, maybe they'd even take one of them corners if it's there or a tackle, you know? It's just who's ever, I guess, high on on their board. You,
1: and you by, were... by the way, Joe, just to clarify on hurts, he doesn't have an opt out. I'm just doing the research here on his contract. The bottom line is that the, it's pretty much over between him and the Eagles. They're going to get a divorce. Well, it's not like I, he's going to be traded or cut. That good, is really what's going Well, to well yeah, basically, they could him.
3: save $4.5 million in cap space if they cut him. That's well, why there's uh, a lot of speculation that well, they move No
4: on. crying for me. There's 100 receptions he got every year <laughs> about how many against the Giants. So I, I ain't hard to see him go. You know what I mean?
1: Hey, I, I waited for decades to get Jason Witten out of yeah, league, okay? Uh,
4: Get him out of there. That's Joe, I hate reason. to
3: break it to you, but they got a name, uh, guy by the name of Dallas Goddard who's not too shabby. Yeah, so, yeah, you know, let's not make it sound as I, if the I, Eagles I are getting rid of all he, of their talents. I mean, come on.
4: I, I still don't think he, he is, uh, you know, irked, you know, so uh, that's okay. Uh, you were talking about the six tight ends there, Paul. And how far do you think they'll drop down to what round, the lowest of them?
1: The lowest? Well, I think –
2: And thank we, you for the call, Joe. Appreciate it.
4: Okay, yeah, I, thanks. Go, go Giants.
1: I, I think it, uh, of the, the six guys, remember, Pitts is on an island by himself. And then for me, there's this next five. And I would I, say no one else in the first round, Paul, in my opinion. Fryamuth could be at the bottom of the first yeah, round. Yeah, very bottom.
2: It would have to be like 28 but, or something like
1: that. You know, And I, I certainly think there's a, that opportunity for the Giants to get... Uh, oh, I don't think he's going to be there in round two. I think Jordan will be there. If you if you really wanted to, yeah,
2: I would not I don't. I haven't watched him yet. So I, I watched Firemuth this morning. I did not watch Jordan yet. Jordan, so I don't Jordan, have yeah, an see, opinion on him.
1: Jordan's had ankle and shoulder injuries in the past, which mm. is probably going to be a medical now that's got to be checked into. And it's like, what medical grade do you give? him? I would say that he's
2: he's really good of the group. Paul, I think you can get you you can definitely get Trey McKitty in round four or five if you want. I
1: I, think. I would hope you're right. I would hope. I think the highest he goes if somebody falls in love with his projection is the end of round three. But but I do I think you could possibly get him in round four? Look, if you do, I think you've got a hell of a value there. Where do you think Hunter, Hunter Long, Long is another guy? That yeah. Could go? Good question. Thirds. Where do you think he goes I third I think round? he's a third rounder. Mm.
3: Who, for Hunter Long? Yeah. yeah. I think he could be third or fourth. I could I see either round. And
2: Tremble, you, you know, people don't value the blocking. He could be a fourth round pick, too, be a steal. In the fourth round. I I think he's more likely a back end of the third round type of guy.
1: Let me just say this, John. If we're doing the show that night and they get trouble in the fourth, oh boy.
2: Now, would you advocate for him at the top of round three?
1: (sighs) I think that's probably a little high. I think that's pricey for him. I, I just, I don't, I don't see him there. I think he's probably more like a bottom of the third round, early fourth kind of value. So I think think in the fourth, he'd be fine. I'd be very pleased with him.
2: By the way, not for nothing, I've basically decided now whenever I do my, my own mock draft, I'm definitely giving Kyle Pitts to the Eagles because whenever you get these situations... Whatever is most painful for Paul DeTino is usually <laughs> what happens, and the only thing more painful than that would be him going to oh. Dallas one pick before the Giants. Oh. That would be the worst, but I don't think that's nearly realistic no, enough. No, they're not taking him for that. Him. Though, could you imagine him being put with those other receivers on that well, road? I wouldn't rule it oh, out. I mean, think about it. It's not no. as if they got a
3: long term answer at that position. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: but they have so much money invested right now at, at wide receiver. I don't think you right. need to necessarily invest then in, in a player of that caliber. Don't
1: they have like five defensive starters who are free agents too.
3: Yes, their defense needs some work. Yeah. So <laughs> come on. Well, but if they don't value a defensive player that high, then you don't take a defensive Paul, player.
2: I would not, I would not, I would not say it's impossible for them to draft an offensive lineman at 10, either. Yeah. given that given all well, their... based on the injuries. This well, past well, year. Sure. well, you had Frederick yeah, retire, sure. right? Tyron Smith hasn't played 16 games in, like, five years. He's on the wrong side of 30. You know, Leo Collins is coming off a season-ending injury. That line was a mess in that last year. Yeah. To me, for Dallas, it's probably either offensive line or defense. With I that would pick agree at 10. with
1: that. Yeah, they're not, they're not taking pits. It doesn't make any sense. Well, we're, nobody we really know.
3: thought they were going to take CD Lamb either because it wasn't necessarily a big necessity. Oh, they once, took C. Lamb. I could
2: tell you, once he was available, Paul and I were doing that show live. We we thought they were going to take Lamb at that spot, didn't yeah, we, Paul, did. when they yeah, got we there? We no, did. well,
3: it was great value. But my point is, if you combine the need going in, if we were having this conversation around this time last year, right. I don't think wide receiver was a huge need for the Dallas Cowboys.
2: No, that's true. And look, if if, that's all, if all the offensive linemen are gone. Is it impossible that they would pick Kyle Pitts at 10? No, I would never say it's impossible. But I think it's more likely that the Eagles grab him at 6 than Dallas grabs him at 10.
3: In my well, the Eagles them. value tight ends. Right. They use a lot of double tight end sets. And Nick Sirianni, oh. remember, came from an Indianapolis team last year. They threw a lot of tight ends. I mean, they used a lot of those guys in the red zone. If you look at the production of the tight ends in terms of scoring. So he could say to himself, hey, I got Dallas Goddard. Let's add Kyle Pitts. Remember, he was with Antonio Gates with the Chargers. I don't think that's crazy at all. Buckle up, Tino. Nine seven oh, three. could take
2: six, a QB, six, you know. Seven, 19, yeah, they but could if they take feel a QB. Good with what they've
3: got, and they just want to give the QB talent, then I can <laughs> oh, understand <goodness>. that. Oh goodness,
1: <laughs> give me agita this
3: early in the morning. That's exactly what I'm. But listen, you have to expect that he's going to go before the Giants. I know he's going to go, but don't send him there. This early I don't the, want him at the lake this early in the morning. It's twelve
2: forty-five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No. I know. Mean, I know. <laughs> the New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test, your Quest Direct, to get the health answers you need most. Back to the phones at 973-667-1960. I like making Paul's life miserable. Let's go back to the calls. Call, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you called from?
0: Hey, John. It's Dave from Cranford, man. I couldn't agree with you more about making Paul's life miserable. So Dave,
2: what's it. up? I, yeah, that, that's something all of us and, and really all of America can get behind.
0: Yeah, well, because we deeply love them, of and course. So you, you got to start there, and then, and then that's why you can say that. So that that goes without saying. I, I, I'm still. I don't know. I'm sitting here shocked uh, that Carson Wentz is out of the division, and that we're dealing with Jalen Hurts. I guess that's the way they're gonna go.
2: Ooh, I wouldn't put that no. in stone either. No. Okay. Who knows? Hey, look, I don't. I don't look. I don't know what they think of Jalen Hurts. I know my opinion of him coming out of college. I do not think. I did not think he was going to be a starting NFL quarterback. Obviously, the Eagles picked him in the second round, so they must like him. But I don't think we know for sure that he's. Is it possible? Absolutely. I'm not going to rule it out. But I don't think we know for sure that he's the starter next year.
0: I, I guess it's just amazing to me. You, you're, you're right. I guess what I'm saying is the days of kind of stability and, and particularly with quarterbacks or whatever. I mean, if if the four of us would have been sitting here just talking about quarterbacks, you know, two years ago or maybe even this time last year, you know, would you have been thinking that we would have been talking about Carson Wentz not being a longer play? And, and I think that's part of what you're seeing as a trend in the league, which I, you know, would love to get your guys' comments on, which is, you know, it's not about having a good quarterback anymore. You know. It it's it, you know, I think teams have changed their goal. And I think their goal is, is a great quarterback. Well and, and I, I think, think Dave, and I think there's a difference.
2: Well David, I think the re- and I agree with you, I, I think your analysis is, is accurate. And I think the reason it's changed is because there are a lot more good quarterbacks. I think you go back 20 years ago, you know, that second tier of quarterbacks was maybe six or seven guys deep. Now it's like 12 to 15 guys deep. Where yep. after you get past that top five, top six, whoever you want to put into that elite tier, that next group is like 10, 12 deep now. And in the past, it was maybe six or seven deep. So there are more good quarterbacks to go around. Like, for example, 15 years ago, as many picks as Jameis Winston threw, there's no way he would have been a backup on an NFL team 15 years ago. It just wouldn't happen. I mean, how many times did Jeff George get starting jobs in the NFL even though he threw a million picks and was a head case, right? It happened again and again just because he was talented. That's what happened with Jameis Winston. So, yes, I think you're right. Now, unfortunately for Philly, Dave, where they made a mistake – is that they paid him like a great quarterback and then figured out afterwards that, uh-oh, maybe he's not. So that's where I think Philly made their miscalculation.
3: They also I, gave I, up a I... lot to move up to grab Carson Wentz, remember, too. Yeah. So, okay. you know, you talk about a lot of collateral that you put yep. out there. The other thing that's interesting is it just goes to show you, you know, how high you draft is not necessarily a guarantee. Winston and Mariota were 1-2-15, and, two and 15. And then Goff and Wentz were 1-2-16, and two and, 16, and both of them didn't last beyond their length of the rookie contract. So, you know, once again, people always go crazy about rooting for getting a high draft pick. It's all about what you do with it. It's not about necessarily picking that high.
1: And again, right. that once again proves about how quarterbacks are overdrafted for the most part. Well, and it also Which, shows the
3: impatience of the NFL,
1: I think, no in doubt. general, too. No doubt. Yeah.
0: I, I think you're all right, and Paul, let's, let's hope that for this year that quarterbacks continue to get overdrafted, right? So yeah. that'll give us. I mean, I, I'm really down to, and I'll just leave you guys with this. I love talking to the three of you. And, and by the way, if anybody's listening and they don't uh, go on to some of the other podcasts that you guys do, it's just a waste of time. I mean, they're, they're unbelievable. Uh, the last one, John, you did was just, was was tremendous, but. What, anyway, the little globby
2: you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, Bob was, was great.
0: Awesome. Bob was Absolutely great. Absolutely awesome. And, 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 you know. So anyway, I always I, I only throw those plugs in because it's worth it. But my my I guess my last point to you guys is is simply is simply this and that is that as the draft is coming up, I'm really at a point and maybe I'm trying to convince myself and maybe that's the case. But I really feel like the Giants, you know, are in a position where there's you know four to five to six. You know players or maybe positions that I'm comfortable with them drafting in the first round now not not that me being comfortable means anything but i but i at the end of the day, I can't say that I would have said that over the last couple of years in in the sense that. I think they could go corner number 1. I think they could go top linebacker number 1. I think they could go tight end. I think they could go two or three wide receivers number 1. I you know, I think that there's a number of different places that they could go that could make a pretty big impact on this team. And, um, hey, you know, and then I'll, and, and, and I know I said that was the last thing, but I'll, I'll say this. Liar! In the midst of all this craziness, the <laughs> Giants are looking like one of the most thick and stable franchises right now in the midst of everybody else. I, I, I know that sounds nuts, but that's just the way that it looks like.
2: Uh, it's just the way the NFL goes, Dave. Thanks for the call, pal. You too, guy. And it's funny, you know, this is how I kind of look at it with the Giants at 11. If they don't get one of those top playmakers, right? I do think in that next group, you have a chance to get a really good player. There's a lot of really talented guys there, but I also think there's risk. Like, there's risk to Micah Micah Parsons. What's his exact role? He didn't play last year. I know there's some off-the-field stuff with him that some people mention. You know, Caleb Farley, he didn't play last year. There's some risk there. Uh, do you go with, you know, what if like a Rashawn Slater from Northwestern? People are saying he is under 33-inch arms. Well, do you want to tackle with under 33-inch arms? You know, corners are always risky, just, just generally speaking, early in the first round. Corners can be very volatile positions. So I do think there's a lot of very talented players once you get past that first, you know, top tier of guys. But I do think there's going to be some risk and volatility with that next group too, Paul.
1: You know, it all comes down to, in a bigger perspective, more than, than what he just said on the phone call, is that there are spots in this draft that do have some players that are going to be fitting the Giants' needs pretty well. Yep. All right? They they, they need a playmaker on offense. Well, guess what? There are a bunch of them in this draft, whether they're wide receivers or tight ends. My goodness, they're coming out of this, and I'm I'm going to say this flat out because I don't expect them to spend big money on a tight end or a wide receiver in free agency. I don't. I think they're going to get that big, important, key impact receiver slash tight end in the draft. They're going to get one. And probably, if not in the first round, it's probably going to be the second round. I, I, I feel very confident in saying that. I feel very confident and saying that they're probably going to add to the back seven on defense somewhere in the first three rounds. That would not at all surprise me because I think there are players there who hold that value and fit their needs. That's good. It wouldn't surprise me at all if they draft an offensive lineman in the fourth round because there are guys who have a make-it-53 grade in the fourth round, and they could use some more depth. I mean... That's why you feel as you do when you say, I don't care so much what position the Giants take at 11, because they're in a position where they're going to help themselves. The Giants are are probably only three, four players away from absolutely being a solid playoff team, and they're going to get those three or four players via free agency or the draft. I feel very confident in saying that.
3: Well, and I think a lot of this also in terms of the outlook of the team depends on the development of last year's draft class too. I mean, that I think is going to say a lot about the trajectory of this team. It's not so much just who they're bringing in. It's also about the group of players that got playing time this past season. And let's face it, the entire draft class got on the field last year, which is something that we really haven't seen many years prior and it's not necessarily a trend across the league that's why I think it was good that they were rotating offensive linemen and you know they got some of those young defensive players now can that group take the next step that to me I think is just as critical as whoever they're bringing in the yeah. draft and I don't think we could overlook that as well best rookie draft class
1: since 2007 when they won the Super Bowl
2: well they played the most I don't think we
1: know if yeah I the don't know yet. if I'd put them at the level well, in terms of in terms of, of their rookie production can you mention a Giants rookie class that gave them as much production as they did this year the second since round, that
2: time? The second-round pick played four games. The third-round pick barely played at all.
1: Oh, but, but overall.
2: And the first-round
1: pick was terrible the first eight games. I wouldn't say it was terrible. Uh, <sighs> and, 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 and guys like Coughlin gave them some snaps. Crowder gave them some snaps. Come on. They they, they they got some production out of these guys. Certainly more production from more guys than, than any rookie class since that Super Bowl team. Well, and that's why I agree Which says with a lot you. about the, the darth of their picks over the years, by the way. That, more so than anything else. That That's fair. Yeah, I think from a
3: depth perspective, from an experience perspective, I think this class could maybe keep, be compared to 2007. I just don't know if I would go to the degree of impact of last year's class versus 07. I think the 07 class. Oh, much better.
1: The 07 class was the best ever. They Yeah. The, the, so the, the I, 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 don't, I wouldn't had. put them in the impact category. I said, category. Sin, I said yeah. since. The, the most impact a rookie class has had for the Giants since 2007. I I'll think, stand by that. I think, def,
2: I, see, I don't want to necessarily use the word impact. I think maybe, contri- I don't know. I think I'm having more of a semantic argument with, with that's okay with myself than anything else because they certainly play the most snaps, but I don't know. Anyway, I don't. I have another call I want to get through nine seven three six six seven nineteen six. Let's go back to the phones, caller. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you called from?
5: Hey, Len from Columbia, Maryland. Hey, Len. Hi, guys. How you doing? Well, hi. Um, you know we we just have to get that impact player. I mean, it just. You know, I'm I'm hoping Waddle's healthy because I think he may be there at eleven, um, but I'm a little worried about that foot. Um, I'd be more excited about Smith if he weighed 180 pounds. Um, well, don't
2: worry, I, Len. I guarantee you when they do the weigh-in for Devontae Smith, he would have drank about 10 gallons of water the night before. <laughs> and, and he will yeah, weigh have, more than 180 pounds. Now, if they ever get to do that well, weigh-in. Nah, nah, well, they will at his pro day. And worse than the worst, they'll just put some rocks in his pockets and it'll be fine.
5: And, and my question on pits, um, you know, everybody's got pits in the top 10. Uh, some have them as high as, um, you know, six within that, within that top 10. My my question on Pitts is, it's first and ten on your own twenty five. Where do you line him up? Where do you line this guy up? Wherever you in want. In your base offense. Ah, no, that's that's the easy way out, John.
2: So have no, honestly, it's, about,
5: you got to think about where the guy fits in and your base offense.
2: Len, fine, I will give it to you. First and ten, your own twenty five yard line. Yeah. Ingram Pitts in the game. Opposite ends in the line at tight end. Slayton and Shepard out wide as your wide receiver. Saquon is your lone back in the backfield. Boom. Okay. Done.
5: All right. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, that's, that's my one concern. Got no with, problem with, any, with play, it. Within any player, John. I don't care who the player is. My, my first concern is where do you play them on first down in your base, in your base offense or your base defense? Uh, quick, quick question because I know we're getting to the end. The two most popular numbers on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Last September, or around September 1st, were the numbers 4 and 27. I'll take a little credit for the 4, John, because we've talked a lot about first four games of the 2020 season. And someday I want to come back to that and uh, explore my point a little further. But the other number was 27. Paul, I'm going to give you credit for that, because I think you were the first one to do the count on September 1st how many new players do the Giants have on this roster? Never mm-hmm. before Giants. Difference between 2019 and 2020: 27 players. Half a team. At this point, what's the over and under? Do you go over or under 27? Oh, way September under. First on September 21st. On September 1st, 2021.
1: How about 14, Len? 14
5: new players possibly wow oh god i think this is a much better
1: team my friend this team is on the ups they are improving rapidly okay it's gonna be a much lower number
5: paul paul i like that and i and i I do hope that's correct i'm not going to say you're wrong um, and i'm not going to challenge it too much at this particular point um i just man i i hope you're right because that would be that would be significant improvement and which and would fit into what Lance talked about just just a few minutes ago which is we got to see these first-year players from last year take a step up we got to see them improve you know uh, the 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 big thing about Joe Judge was teaching learning we got to see that happen we got to see what we've got on this roster improve and listen 86 catches by the tight ends last year is not bad their blocking was okay it wasn't spectacular the thing that bothered me the most about the tight ends was one touchdown.
3: Boy yeah, but I mean the touchdowns were down all across the board. Yeah, good point. So Lance. you know I mean that's just a percentage of the numbers down across the board.
5: Well, I would like to see uh, our 30 years of offensive experience in the NFL, garrett and kitchens get more out of the tight end, get more out of the tight ends next year when it comes to getting in the end zone, particularly when we get into the red zone. Hey, thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate
2: it. Hey, thank you, man. Well, thanks for the call. I appreciate the call. And, and Paul, by the way, I'm with Paul on that. I think whenever you have a first-year head coach, you're going to have a bigger roster turnover because he's going to want to bring different guys in to fit what he wants to do. I think I'm with Paul. I think you're going to have far fewer than 27 new players on the team.
1: By, by the way, just in regards to Len's comment about the one touchdown catch by the tight ends, and there's no question that is just not acceptable and way too low, understand that the Giants also are trying to run the ball more, especially in the red zone. And it, with a greater reliance on the running game, your passing tight ends are going to go down. Yeah, how
2: many how many passing touchdowns did they have last year? 12? 13?
1: Yeah, it wasn't much. So, more than that's those. what I said. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly.
2: I mean, no, Lance, no, 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 you're 100 percent right. Yeah, I'm but that's part with of you. the scheme yeah, also,
1: and it's also uh, something that says, "Oh yeah, well, they're running the ball better." That's that's kind of a good thing. <laughs> when you look at the giant stats from this past season.
3: Daniel Jones had 11 touchdowns. Colt McCoy had one. They had 12 total passing touchdowns last season. Come on, I mean, once again, perspective is important here. If you're telling me they had 30 passing touchdowns, the Titans had one. We have a talking point, okay? When you have 12 total touchdowns <laughs> and we're going crazy over the fact that the tight yeah. ends accounted for one of them,
1: come on. Yeah. I mean, I, my my bigger problems are are the inconsistencies in the blocking and also the catching. Which we don't need to go over any further.
2: I think we're all on board with that, gentlemen. Good stuff. We appreciate it. Uh, tomorrow it will be, who is it? Me, Datino, and Fegels. I know it was the three. I know Fegels and yep. me. I forgot which the third guy was. So Me, Datino, and Fegels tomorrow will kind of go through where we are. Um, if his daughter is not in, if his daughter is in daycare, we'll also try to grab uh, Danny Salamone on the show. He'll kind of go through those mock drafts with us and pose us some tricky Dan Salamone questions to see if we can answer them for the fans out there. So make sure you tune into that. Just a reminder, Big Blue Kickoff Live and all of our podcasts can be found in the Giants Podcast Network presented by Investors Bank, which is brought to you by Investors Bank. Make sure you check it out at Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. For Lance and Paul, I'm Schmelk. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you on Friday for another episode of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Stay safe out there, everyone.